listening to Buzz on 2020. With Sean Stone. Why is it after sundown? This place is like a ghost town. just so soothing isn't it i feel like i'm listening to uh kcrw but this is buzzsaw 2020 and we're coming to you with conspiracies and mind-blowing facts thoughts that are not for the dinner table basically folks this is not dinner table dialogue i'm here thanks to monument podcasts and uh we're happy to have doug sergnano on today his book american conspiracies and cover-ups is out on Amazon, on and all major booksellers. It's a great insight into the truth about conspiracies. I want to get into this with Doug here because I'm so-called conspiracy theorist and uh, you know I call myself a conspiracy realist. But people will say conspiracy theorist on Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. And so I want to uh, start by asking you, Doug, what did, when did you start getting into the realm of conspiracy? Well, you know, I grew up in the 70s. And in the 70s, the baby boomers, you know, it was a natural question, the government, question the uh, establishment, you know, it was a bunch of hippies back then. And uh, <laughs> actually, I started, uh, get, I got underground newspapers, like, it's starting in 1979. That's when I started realizing about the New World Order and whatnot. I think a lot of people started getting into it with the advent of the Internet, like, what, 90, 95? Because there's uh, so much information uh, uh, over the Internet about it. But I really got got into it before then. In like 1975, I got some underground newspapers. Yeah, there were a lot of papers back then. I mean, I know back to the 70s and 80s, you had things like uh, EIR, Executive Intelligence Review. I guess they came a little later, but like LaRouche's people, and um, you had the socialists and others, you know, they were putting out papers. I mean, you had some progressive, you know, various progressive thought that was coming out into the communities. But like you said, I remember being a, a kid in, the t- in 2000, 2002 especially. I mean, that was a big time right after 9-11. And you'd pick up videos, VHSs, talking about, you know, the conspiracy of the Iran-Contra conspiracy, right? Going deeper into how the U.S. Uh, CIA and George Bush facilitated the uh, cocaine to come in the 1980s into yeah, America, yeah. right? And then you had, like, videos like Jordan Maxwell and, da- you know, David Icke and talking about, you know, the aliens and the, the, you know, the bigger global consciousness conspiracy, right? And so I really got into it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking about the Illuminati and... People are kind of nodding their head like they have no idea what I'm saying. And then 2012 rolls around and YouTube is out and everyone's saying Illuminati, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Jay-Z and you know all these music videos and the symbolism. So now it becomes you know, more current and mainstream. So in terms of your, you know, your research, what was like, what really hooked you, though? I mean, you know, was it in the were you aware? Were you awake in the 70s or were you just sort of like as time went on, you became more awake or what was like, was it JFK? What was the defining moment for you? Well, I think 1979, I got this uh, newsletter called Cosmic Awareness Communications, and you guys can check that out. There's a psychic in the organization. He talked about all sorts of uh, uh, things like Edgar Cayce he was, you know. But Edgar Cayce? One of the things he, talked, he was a continuation of Edgar Cayce's work. Mm-hmm. But Edgar Cayce didn't talk about political conspiracies. Right. But this psychic did. He talked about the New World Order and how the Federal Reserve is privately owned and how the Council on Reform Relations is running everything. 
So that and the Illuminati is behind everything. That's how I got into it. Uh, but I didn't believe it just because the psychic said it. You know, he said, you know, go check out this book, go check out that book. You know, you know, some psychics are for real, some psychics aren't. So you have to be careful. But that's how I got into it. If you guys want to check out Cosmic Awareness Communications, I think it's a pretty good, accurate thing. And then I always wanted to be a muckraking journalist. So about 10 years ago, I started interviewing authors about uh, uh, conspiracy theories and whatnot. And then about two years ago, I realized I had so many together, it would make a good book, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you helped me send it off to Skyhorse Publishing. And Skyhorse, they're like the biggest publisher of uh, conspiracy theory literature. And so I'm proud to get published by them. They publish like Jesse Ventura. Mm-hmm. They publish uh, Jerome Percy, Roger Stone, uh, uh, Donald Trump. So actually, the same editor who edited Roger Stone also edited my book. So I'm happy to be published by Skyhorse. Absolutely. No, it's, and you know, the, your, your book is really fascinating. Um, because you go, you like you said, you interview people basically who are more authoritative on the subjects. But you know, it's like when you're dealing with conspiracies in America, it's become so. How do you say? It's become so common in a sense, right? That we can sit here and go, look, it's it's it's, it's constantly conspiracies. We understand that there's social engineering that goes on that basically is trying to broadcast a certain frequency to people to say. You know, the government, either if it's Obama, you know, it's, it's a good government. If it's Trump, it's a bad government, right? And we have this sort of narrative. And then it's like whatever Trump does, you know, it's bad. But they never get into the heart of what is the New World Order. And I did a book, you know, on this subject, New World Order, that I published um, a few years back. And basically, we were I was looking into this question of is the New World Order, you got it there, yeah. Is the New World Order really about America being a continuation of the British Empire? And I just focused on the facts of the things I could prove. The bigger question obviously gets into things like the Federal Reserve System and the nature of money itself. But the idea is, look, there's a continuous conspiracy here. We can't just limit this and go, well, you know, there's JFK, which, you know, yeah, we, we suspect that there was multiple shooters. But, hey, when it comes to 9-11, I believe the government story. It's like, no, you have to understand, you can't trust these people. <laughs> you know, they're in, pa- they're in power for, you know, by, you know, by... Yeah. By nef- for nefarious purposes and by nefarious purposes of getting yeah, there yeah. in the first place. So what do you, like, how can we kind of encapsulate the global picture in your understanding, your research, you know, all these years you've put together, you know, a lot of well, hard it, work? It's, uh, I think powerful men from behind the scenes, international bankers, have been manipulating things ever since the Illuminati was created in 1789. And so these are the guys who have the power, international bankers, probably Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and they want to have a one-world government. And the ultimate proof of it is the United Nations uh, 21 plan, I think. The United Nations 21 plan is, as you know, they're telling us eventually global warming is supposed to get so bad that we all have to move into United Nations 21 cities. uh, Otherwise, we're going to be destroyed by global warming. So uh, this is the ultimate, you know, this is the center of it. This is the the center of the deep state in the New World Order, I think, is this idea we're going to have to lose our liberties to the United Nations world government. And I personally think um, the global warming is an exaggeration. I think it's probably not what they say it is. I asked Jim Mars about that when I interviewed him, and he said, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have to worry about it for another 100,000 years. <laughs> what do you think? You, what do you think about global warming? Who, me? Um, you know, I think global warming is some one of those issues where I, I simply tell people, like, if you're an environmentalist, if you know, I'm, I consider myself someone who's very aware of our relationship to nature. And I'm not an environmentalist in the sense of I'm not sponsored by any corporation or, or backed by any organization. But 
I think that we have to live with more, with more harmony with our world. And so I'm all for full recycling programs. I'm all for, you know, cleaning up our, our air pollution, things like this, that we can actually point to and say, why do I have to, why do I have to tell people there's global warming from carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide when I can prove very simply that the carbon dioxide, monoxide, sulfurs, and other, other uh, things that are emitted, pollutants that are emitted from my car, are affecting the air quality of my city. So whether it's Los Angeles or New York, or you name these cities, they're so, they're so disgusting and they're so run down as far as the quality. Why do I have to go and point to global warming as a motivation to clean up our energy? It, it's like, it's an insane argument to me. You know, it's like saying, you know, uh, don't you just, you know, why don't, wouldn't you just want to take care of yourself and clean up after yourself? Like you tell your child to clean up after it's after, you know, your, your son or your daughter, right? You clean up after yourself when you make a mess. Why can't we as adults clean up after ourselves in our relationship to our environment. Yeah. That's my argument. Not trying to point and say, well, the sky is falling. It's like, you don't have to go that far. So this is why I question this narrative because it's it's so it's so interesting how they want us to be confused. I see it more like they want the big agenda of carbon tax swaps and money making yeah. and, you know, by creating taxes and creating, uh, you know, caps and things like this, you know. But actually, you know, the fundamental agenda of cleaning up, you know, our energy is a beautiful agenda. The problem is, as we know, people like you know Tesla and others who have been have been proponents of advanced technology over the over time have been silenced or their research has been covered up and taken away. Um, so that's to me the, the bigger question. You think the world's gonna gonna melt and we're all gonna die? I look. I don't believe that anyone's. I don't believe humans are ever gonna die because I think that we are living beings that. To be honest with you, I believe we come from beyond the stars, and I think that you know, as far as our ancestry, our DNA, there's something in us that missing link that is I don't, I think uh, we could call extraterrestrial, and I believe that we're not uh, we're as soul beings, we're not going to ever end, even if we die in physical form. But fundamentally, I don't see like the end of the human race happening. Even if you had collapses, as we've seen, I think historically we've seen you know things like Atlantis, as it's called, you know, collapses of civilizations over over you know millennia here that occurs. Populations can collapse. You can have devastating things that occur, but human life will continue, just like the Earth itself will continue, because that's the nature of life. Life prevails. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, global warming, in a way, is exaggeration to try to get us to Big Brothers, try to get us to Agenda Twenty One. Right. So, the, so again, going to that issue of, it's not, a, it's not about the issue of, hey, why don't we just clean up our environment? Why don't we take care of our, you know, cleaning up after ourselves, like any seven-year-old knows. That's not the question, you know. That's un, that you can't debate that. We need we need to do that. But whether it's like then going to this next evolution of complete uh, population control, social you know social engineering agendas, that's obviously yeah. the bigger problem. That's more behind the scenes stuff. So when I'm looking at the overall nature of the conspiracy, you know, I look at people like Trump, and I'm like, this is a really interesting phenomenon because I have no problem with Trump as far as a. Um, a nationalist, right? A lot of people hate him because he's he's you know America first, oh, right? And it's like, well, why shouldn't we be nat? Why shouldn't we prioritize our own you know country in terms of you know whether it's protection for ter- of tariffs, whether it's staying out of foreign wars and foreign interventionism and this whole yeah. like concept of you know global in- America has to be the world's policeman. So why can't we be in that direction? But when it comes to maybe the environmental things. Yeah, I think he's too much on the side of big oil and big coal, and I don't think that he's he's that he's focused on the clean energy that he should know. By the way, because you know his uncle, uh, I think it was John Trump, was the guy that looked through Nikola Tesla's files when he died. Did you know that? No. Oh yeah, 
this is so Trump should know all about the future future energy <laughs> orientation. He, I'm sure he knows about the deep state. I mean, the deep state beyond just the. Um, when we talk about the deep state, for example, I refer to the deep state as the entrenched CIA, FBI, and elements that are actually deeper that people don't even know exist, right? So they think like, yeah. oh, it's the CIA. There's a director of the CIA that knows everything. No, even the director of the CIA doesn't even know the, the yeah. programs because it's like this. America's a corporation, right? The president comes in. He's like the CEO that gets elected for four to eight years max. Do you really think that the, that the head of the corporation, the CEO, who's really the spokesman, the spokesman for the company, and maybe you know he puts certain agendas forth, but fundamentally, do you think that he really owns the corporation or has the major influence over the corporation? No. Yeah. You know this. Yeah. This is the Federal Reserve System. This is the bankers. This is the people that are yeah, yeah. that are basically put entrenched into the, what's called the deep state, into offices and sub... So they run projects within CIA. They run projects within DARPA. They run projects within the secret space program. And, you know, basically when people talk about the government, you know, as, as, as far as like, oh, we don't have money to spend on, uh, you know, health care or we don't have money to spend on infrastructure. I say, so why is it that every few years you'll see the Pentagon admit that they lost trillions of dollars, right? I think the most recent number was $6 trillion missing from the Pentagon's uh, budget books. Yeah. And you're going, where do you think that those trillions of dollars go? You think someone just... They, they just misplaced a few trillion dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where do you think that money is going? That's going into yeah. the deep state. That's going into the secret space program. That's going into some of these a aircraft people see in the sky, right? I think Trump, Trump is maybe, uh, he's not part of the New World Order, and he's not part of the political establishment. Right. I think he broke through the system. Usually anybody who gets to be president uh, comes from the Bilderberg Group, comes from the Council on Foreign Relations. Mm -hmm. I think, we, you know, as... As many faults as he has, you know, he acts like a seventh-grade bully. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he insults people's looks. He has faults. I think his political instincts are right. I think he's uh, doing a lot of things, good things for the country. It's exactly what we need. Somebody who isn't a member of the Bilderberg, isn't a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, and uh, Trump, I mean, you mentioned the Federal Reserve. He understands that the Federal Reserve is at the heart uh, of the troubles of our country, you know, because uh, we shouldn't have a central bank uh, charging us interest. We're supposed to, the government's just supposed to uh, issue the money without a central bank. So Trump is always, uh, uh, he, if it was up to him, he'd maybe even end the Fed, which, is, which would be the best thing we could have, because central banks is what is at the part of the, part of the trouble of the world, I think. Yes. But I think Trump is uh, really, I think he's a populist. I think he's trying to do the right thing for the country. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he was put in by certain military generals and certain people within, within the the deep, the deep state has both nationalists and internationalists, right? There are those that are, you know, real villains, you know, like the Bush family types, the Clintons, these guys that really have no moral, they have no qualms. Henry Kissinger, they have no qualms to seeing America basically put under international controls and yeah. imperial controls. And then you have the guys that are in, you know, lifers in the military, and they actually are, you know, they do it because they love their country. They want to see America as a constitutional republic prevail right and i think those are the guys that back trump but you know the last you mentioned the federal reserve system so if i'm correct i think kennedy was the last person to really challenge the federal reserve system he was issuing uh money from the treasury for the first time since lincoln had issued greenbacks and those were the two dollar bills and the five dollar bills that he issued in the summer i think of uh, 63 i think it was right before his assassination but uh, the point is that he was issuing it from the Treasury, the U.S. Treasury. So it didn't say yeah. a Federal Reserve note. It was a U.S. Treasury note, yeah. right? And did you get in your research, I mean, you did the research into the Kennedy assassination. Do you think that was an aspect of uh, why he was murdered? It might have been. I guess it might have been. Uh, 
for my book, I interviewed uh, Barr McClellan, who was one of Kennedy's John, Johnson's lawyers, mm-hmm. and he says Lyndon Johnson was the mastermind of Kennedy's assassination. And I, I don't really believe that. I think he was a part of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe the fact that Kennedy was trying to issue money uh, outside the Federal Reserve System, maybe that was one of the reasons he was killed. I think he he was going against the military-industrial complex going against the CIA. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he fired Alan Dulles mm-hmm. after the uh, Bay of Pigs. Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA. He's an assassin, you know. It's like firing Carl Gambino, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which they also <laughs> went. They also went after those guys too, right? I mean, who was yeah. it? Who, who got sent? Who got deported? Was it? Uh, was it Marcello uh, or Marcello? Marcello got deported, right? Yeah. yeah. But, so, of course, the, and people don't realize the mafia's connection to the intelligence community. I mean, this is one of the things that people, this is how the mainstream media lies to you because they want the public to believe a certain picture of reality where it's like, oh, yeah. the, the FBI and the CIA, they're above board. They operate above, the, you know, in conjunction with the law. And then you have the, the uh, illicit underground mafia, you know, the types of the you know, families, the Marcellos, you know, the Traficantes. Yeah. And they're, you know, they uh, they operate, you know, basically uh, outside the law. Well, actually, if you really look at it, they operate outside the law because the FBI <laughs> and the CIA and others enable them to act, act, act yeah, outside yeah. the law. And they protect them whenever, you know, the, 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 community, the law enforcement community actually does try to bust them. And if they do get busted, there's, there's, I guarantee you, there's a reason why they're getting taken out, right? I mean, it's like you know that there's, you know, uh, it's like yeah, when, yeah. it's like when they took out, um, what's his name, Escobar, right? Escobar, who's pretty much been operating, you know, he's been doing exactly what the CIA and the intelligence community wanted, which was to flood America, flood the flood the oh. world with cocaine, because people forget, where does all the, the the drug money go? Well, it goes into the banking system, right? It goes right back into yeah. it goes into Citibank. It goes into Chase. You know, it goes. It's all laundered into our banking system and keeps our, um, you know, our economy flowing. So, so why did they arrest? So why did Escobar get taken out, right? There, there must, you know, there's always been speculation. One was that Escobar, he, you know, apparently had a photo with with uh, Bush Jr. I think, or one of the Bush family that had been flying uh, cocaine at one point. So he basically had a photo. Either that or he had some evidence. He had something, basically, that would have endangered Bush Sr. Just like, uh, by the way, Noriega is more clear. Manuel Noriega was a CIA asset, proven. Yeah. He's running Panama, which is the major uh, shipping shipping and trafficking uh, point for the for the cocaine and for the money laundering that's coming from that operation. The Bushes, the Bushes were in big with drug dealing, weren't they? They, they oh, exactly. a lot of drugs. Well, that's the whole point, you know. So the point is that as soon as Bush Senior gets into office, who does he invade? He invades Panama to take out Noriega. I mean, how insane is that? You're gonna, you know, it's like, it's like if like the, you know, if like the uh, Russians invaded America because Obama was elected and said, you know what, you know, this guy's a criminal or something. You know, we're gonna take you, we're gonna take you out of office. Like, you can't just invade another country and arrest the president. You know, who, who gave us that 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 authority? Right, America, but yeah, yeah. that was when that was the whole Panama invasion in '89. People forget about that, but it was really he was to cover trying to up. keep uh, Noriega silent because Noriega oh. had dirt on. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, Noriega oh. had a lot. I mean, Noriega was he he was he was a CIA guy. <laughs> he knew, he was literally an asset of the CIA. So was it a miracle that Trump beat Bush? I mean, Bush was supposed to be the next the next guy in there, right? But Jeb Trump was telling him, uh, "He's you're a low energy guy." And, yeah, no, it's amazing what's happening right now, and I'm very curious to see. Um, but in terms of the, 
you know, I guess just, you know, just in terms of the overall nature of this, you know, American conspiracies and cover-ups, the thread, as we talked about, is an aspect of central bank uh, controls of behind the scenes, you know, players and, and personnel. But there's also this mainstream media thing. And I'm curious about your conversation with Chomsky, because Chomsky is someone that has never, he's kind of believes 9-11 was not an inside job, I guess. He's never out, been outspoken on that. But he's always been very good at going after the mainstream media, because this is how the control structures are in place. This is how people believe this is the, you know, America is the good guy. We're the, you know, we, we operate by the law. Yeah. All this. What it, what was what's your feeling on the mainstream media? I mean, how is it con- how is it controlled? I feel maybe it's controlled. So many of the uh, people who run the media uh, belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, mm-hmm. and so you know maybe the media is taking its orders from the Council on Foreign Relations, or maybe the CIA because uh, the the Church Committee in 1975 they found that the CIA had so many connections to the media and can manipulate in the media. So if we have an inept media, I really think maybe it's the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, and, uh, and the church committee that's doing it. I know because there's so many things, like just the Bilderberg group, you know, it, these are the most important people in the world. They go up for a meeting, and, uh, and uh, the media doesn't report on it at all. You know, mm-hmm. what explanation could there be for that, you know? Exactly. It's like, but Chomsky, he just believes, he doesn't believe in conspiracies, Chomsky. And he just believes that it's an inept system, that the, the corporate interests are controlling the media and doing what the corporate interests will protect the corporate interests. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe it's any conspiracy, though. But I think it could be through the Council on Foreign Relations and the CIA. Yeah, well, and certainly those are aspects of the control. Money, money though, and the major corporate interests, as we know, is huge. I mean, look at the drug companies, 60 to 70 percent of uh, like Fox, for example, their revenue, their commercial revenue is from the big drug companies. So, of course, they're never going to attack, you know, uh, vac- question vaccines or question, you know, the, the med- medicines yeah. and the things that are being pushed by big pharma. So I guess my last question, though, is if, the, if you could look across time and say there's one conspiracy that I would love to know more about or really to, to know the answer to, what would it be? I would say maybe that um, international bankers are trying to control the world through central banks. Uh, central banks of the world, they uh, everybody's taking money from them, and they charge too much interest, so we're inevitably going to have debt. And they uh, issue money off the gold standard or out of proportion with the uh, expansion of goods and services, so there's going to be inflation. If each country raised its own money through uh, import and excise taxes, and then we wouldn't have debt, and if it was in proper proportion, we wouldn't have inflation. And that's how we could get free from the conspiracy, from the, the conspiracy of the super rich to uh, screw the screw the common man. If we had, uh, if we got free of the banking system, we uh, each country issued its own money. Yes. Say that's it. Yeah, I think I think you're right on point there. I think this this is the overarching control apparatus for the globe, right? Is is banking and how basically we're all we're all debt slaves. You know, we really we don't ha- we don't own this. You know, we own this. We take this money at interest. Basically, we walk around. We think that you know we're lucky to get a paycheck. And really, you know, America's you know we're only operating because of our credit cards. We're all beholden to the banks, and um, it's a yeah. it's a fascinating spiral that we're on. I really hope that we can get out of it before we all, you know, yeah. plummet into another Great Depression or collapse because there's just no way the system can sustain itself. Yeah, really. I think Ron Paul was right. We should end the Fed. I mean, I talked to G. Edward Griffin. I interviewed him about that, and he says, you know, whenever you had a society that kept the money on the gold standard, then that society functioned well. You know, because if you have a 
a good economy, and then you can have a, a, a good society, a happy society. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think that's a big one. And the, Trump seems to know a lot about this. He's always uh, criticizing the Fed, mm-hmm. so he probably realizes that's a problem. Recently he tweeted, uh, I don't know who's my bigger enemy, the president of China or the head of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> Fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? Well, let's see. We'll see what happens in this in this world. I'm curious to see the next year. I think we're going to have some fireworks, especially if you know. I believe if Trump gets reelected, he'll be able to implement a lot more, even than what he's been able to do the first four years. So uh, we're in living in exciting times. More, yeah, it is, it, more, devo- more, more, revela- more revelations. I hope more revelations of conspiracies to come. I think so. I think so. <laughs> right. Doug, thanks so much for coming on today and talking with me. Really appreciate you and uh, your book, American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. I recommend people to check it out. It's a great uh, primer, I would say, on the major American conspiracies. All right. Thanks a lot. You got it, Doug. Thank you. This has been Monuments Production. Void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. And if I pass this way again, you can rest assured. I'll always do my best for her, on that I give my word. In a world of steel at death and men who are fighting to be warm. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm Not a word was spoke between us There was little risk involved Everything up to that point had been left unresolved Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm From exhaustion, buried in the hail Poisoned in the bushes and blown out on the trail Hunted like a crocodile, ravaged in the corn Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm Suddenly I turned around and she was standing there with silver bracelets on her wrists and flowers in her hair. She walked up to me so gracefully and took my crown of thorns. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Now there's a wall between us, something that's been lost. I took too much for granted, I got my signals crossed. Just between till it all began on a non-eventful morn Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm Well, the deputy walks on hard nails and the preacher rides a mount But nothing really matters much, it's doom alone that counts 
And the one-eyed undertaker, he blows a feudal horn. Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. Newborn babies wailing like a moaning dove And old men with broken teeth stranded without love Do I understand your question, man? Is it hopeless and forlorn? Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm In a little hilltop village, they gambled for my clothes a bargain for salvation and she gave me a lethal dose I offered up my innocence I got repaid with scorn Come in, she said, I'll give you a shelter from the storm Well, I'm living in a foreign country But I'm bound to cross the line Beauty walks a razor's edge Someday I'll make it mine if I could only turn back the clock to when God and her were born Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm 